was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkist Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. Outskirts of Anchor heading on the shores of the Great Shot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hi! On today's episode, we're catching up on the last Jedi news and discussing the fate of Kylo Ren. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. Uh, before we go too much further, Tashi Station Radio is brought to you in part by you, our awesome Patreon subscribers. Click the link on Tashi-Station.net for more details and learn how you can become a part of the uh, Tashi Station Slack group at the $5 level. Yes. And we do crowdsource a lot of what we do from there, so and you can have, directly have input on this show. And we have lots of conversations about books and shows and movies and whatever people want to talk about it. Good stuff all around. Yes. And oh. I, I just want to say that I like podcasting in the morning because you have your radio voice even more pronounced in the morning. <laughs> it's it's the very deep, hello, this is Brian, I am the morning zoo DJ man. So what you're saying is we should move our new regular recording day from Friday nights to Saturday morning. Only if you want me to laugh the entire time. <laughs> uh, I love spe- you. And speaking of that, um, yeah, we we know we've been very infrequent with recording this year. We've had a lot of stuff that's been out of our control, but we are um, gearing up to make... Uh, Friday night, our regular recording night. Uh, so we're hoping to do three, get back to our three to four episodes a month again, and yes. uh, we'll be doing that by uh, carving out Friday nights for I, podcasting. Figured we don't do anything else. We're pretty boring, so we should just podcast on Friday nights. Yeah, that's 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 what you do. Other right? than other than like going to see the Last Jedi, I don't think we will have plans on Friday nights. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, that's that, that's a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, it's time for Fixers Flash, the geeky things we've been up to. And uh, Nancy, what have what have you been up to? Uh, I've been reading a lot of books. Apparently, <laughs> uh, I guess I can always tell how long it's been since we've recorded because how many books I've read. Uh, but I have read uh, Inferno Squad that came out since the last time. We podcasted, and I enjoyed it. Um, I think it's probably my favorite book Christy Golden has um, put out. Um, it's hard to judge her books because she did Fate of the Jedi, which I wasn't a fan of overall. And then her other book was Dark Disciple, which I liked okay, but didn't love. Um, I had problems with it. But um, Inferno Squad, I enjoyed. I the characters were good, and it was a very tight plot. So I I recommend it, especially if you liked Rogue One or um, even it had a lot of Clone Wars connections too, because uh, of like Saw Guerrera, obviously. <laughs> so um, I would recommend it for that. Um, I also just finished The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet, which is our August book club pick. So hopefully we'll be recording an episode for that next week. Um, and it's described as a cozy space opera, and I would agree with that assessment. <laughs> there were a lot of things I liked about it, and there were a lot of things where I was like, nothing's happening in this book. <laughs> it was very fanficy, but in a good way. Fanficy but. in the best way. Yeah. Um, and also, I uh, will provide you now with my latest Vorkosigan saga update. Uh, for those of you who have been following along, I started reading the Verkosingen books last February, so I think like February 2006, because it was while we were on our Star Wars cruise that I started reading those books, because I don't, you know, I guess space opera and cruise, Star Wars cruise, it goes together. Um, so there are 17 books 
in the series total. Um, I'm only reading 14 of them because one of the books is actually like a set of three novellas um, that I have the novellas, but not the framing story. And then the other two do not um, have the Varkosigans as the main characters. So I might go back and read them later. But anyway, the point is I'm reading 14 of them. I officially am now halfway through. I finished uh, Mirror Dance, um, which was very good and very dark. <laughs> so uh, I was really glad I went to the long way to a small anchor planet after that because I needed a palette cleanser. Uh, and now I have just started reading Memory, which is the next book. Um, and I was not a big fan of Miles for Kozigan when I got when I read his first book, which was The Warrior's Apprentice. But uh, now, what what is I'm on the eighth book, so this is like the fifth book of Miles. I can say that I like him a lot. He is um, kind of crazy, um, and I also like Ivan, who is the idiot, that idiot Ivan. And Gregor, who is the emperor, and the reason that Jay from 1138 needs to read this series. Um, but I love this series, and you should read it, dear Star Wars fans. Um, and it just won the first Hugo for best series. So there you go. That's my Rokosgan Saga update. By my reading schedule that I've planned out through next year, I should be finished in august 2018 <laughs> so like stay that. tuned i really like that you have it uh, mapped out that far well see the thing is is I, I i might it might not be done then because delray has this tendency and disney press i can't say just delray has a tendency to like announce books like and be like oh we're having these five books come out at the same time and then i have to rearrange my schedule which i did for december um, and so I have this book and then I have Komar to read later this year and then a bunch of books next year. And next year, I'm, I'm really excited because I've been told by everyone that one of the books called A Civil Campaign is pretty much like a romantic comedy in space. I am so down for a rom-com in I'm space. I'm really excited. So, um... So yeah, I liked it a lot. I think so far my favorite book that I've read is um, Brothers in Arms, which was really cool because it takes place on Earth and it's uh, Ivan and Miles teaming up and every time Ivan and Miles are together, it's it's great. So <laughs> this, this might be a long-winded way to try to get Brian to read them too. <laughs> I know, I know. They're really good! <laughs> okay, I'm done now. Okay, uh, we've both finally got around to watching Rogue One and A New Hope back to back. Yes, finally, and we're gonna talk about it on a future episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's definitely a very interesting uh, experience. Yeah, we. I remember after seeing Rogue One, I wanted to come home and put in A New Hope. I felt that way after seeing Revenge of the Sith, but this was even more pronounced and mm -hmm. like. So we're gonna talk about it later, but spoilers for the discussion it is pretty seamless the transition yeah yeah <laughs> like you end a new hope you end rogue one and put it a new hope and it's like wow this is pretty seamless i mean yeah a new <laughs> hope really is a hot minute after rogue one ends yes uh so yeah we'll do that one in a future discussion um but that uh transitions us over to what's new on the blog and we've got a bunch of stuff here yep We've got a bunch of comic reviews, per usual. Uh, Bria reviewed Rogue One 5, which was the last issue for that arc, I believe. Um, the new Darth Vader, comic number four, the casting in K2SO special, and some issues of Dr. Aphra and Poe Dameron. Um, and I know Bria was discussing, um, considering reviewing trades in the future for the miniseries. So, uh, if you have an opinion on that, you can, uh, at Bria on Twitter and tell her which you would prefer. 
Um, I like reviewing the trades for the miniseries personally. Yeah, I, I th- I'd be down with just reviewing the trades. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also continued her in, uh, Knights of the Old Republic replay. Um, and as I said, Inferno Squad came out um, in July. And we had a review from Bria. Um, we had the Go No Go. And then we also um, are going to have a audiobook review up. I think we should have that up Monday from Matthew. So, um, and we, we all liked it. Bria loved it um, for obvious reasons. <laughs> if you have not seen her item versio cosplay, you should go check that out. Um, we recorded an of Dyson Droids interstitial episode. I'll let you talk about this one, Brian. Yeah, we uh, talked a little bit about character building and sort of the dynamics of how to play in a shared storytelling world like this. And we also uh, gave some tips on how to find your own role-playing group out there. So uh, if you're curious about any of that, check out the latest interstitial episode. Uh, We are working on getting the Mercenary team recorded next week as well. Yay! I miss those guys. (laughs) Um, And you posted a new Western Reaches last night. Um, so go check that out. Um, we, (laughs) why did I write this? I wrote six weeks instead of six weeks. (laughs) We have a new book club up for July on six weeks. Brian joined me on that one and we both loved that book. Six weeks is so, so good and you all should read it. It is definitely my favorite book that we've read for the book club so far. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. So good. So good. And you can talk about the next one. Yeah, we launched a new podcast uh, that Nancy and I host. Uh, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, You you agreed. uh, Guest host. You you agreed. Uh, But guest host. You are the host. I am the guest host. The ghost host. Can I be the ghost host? uh, Yes, your official title is now ghost host. Yay! Uh, But yes, we launched a brand new podcast called The Mouse Droid. It is all about the intersection of Star Wars and Disney parks and entertainment. Uh, First episode, we uh, hit up all the big news out of D23 last month. We'll be recording again uh, next week and previewing uh, Epcot's International Food and Wine Festival, among other things. Yay! Which, yay! It's almost food and wine festival time. Yay! Nancy's getting her grand martini slush. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so tune into the Mouse Droid if you want to hear more about Disney parks and various entertainment. That's what we cover over there. Yes. And that's now... T- when are we recording a new episode? Uh, next weekend. Oh, okay. Unless you want to do it tomorrow. No. Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, it's time for Deke's Dirt News from Around fa- Fandom. I'm sorry. About to, I was about to say News from Around Phasma because there's a new blurb for Phasma. Yes. Did you read this one? I have, yes. Um. So I'll read it out loud. Let me see. Discover Captain Phasma's mysterious history. Uh, don't put a pop-up. Discover Captain Phasma's mysterious history in this journey to Star Wars The Last Jedi novel. One of the most cunning and merciless officers of the First Order, Captain Phasma commands the favor of her superiors, the respect of her peers, and the terror of her enemies. But for all her renown, Phasma remains as virtually unknown as the impassive expression on her gleaming chrome helmet. Now, an adversary is bent on unearthing her mysterious origins and exposing a secret as she guards as zealously and ruthlessly as she serves her masters. Deep inside the battlecruiser Absolution, a captured resistance spy endures brutal interrogation at the hands of a crimson-armored stormtrooper, Cardinal. But the information he desires has nothing to do with the resistance or its covert operations against the First Order. What the mysterious stormtrooper wants is Phasma's past, and with it, whatever long-buried scandal, treachery, or private demons he can wield against the hated rival who threatens his own power and privilege in the ranks of the First Order. His prisoner has what Cardinal so desperately seeks— 
but she won't surrender it easily as she wages a painstaking war of wills with her captor, bargaining for her life in exchange for every precious revelation. The spellbinding chronicle of the inscrutable Phasma unfolds. But this knowledge may prove more than just dangerous once Cardinal possesses it, and once his adversary unleashes the full measure of her fury. Bum, bum, bum. Now that's an interesting pitch. Yeah, it's not what I expected. It seems like it's going to be a Phasma backstory, but without being a Phasma backstory? I'm okay with that approach. Yeah. I'm also wondering how the Resistance spy knows Phasma's backstory. Hmm. Wondering if there's history between them? There may be. Is Phasma like girls? Maybe. When is this book due out? Next two weeks from now. Oh, wow. (laughs) September 1st. You know, I just realized uh, our review copy is probably going to show up here while we're in Seattle. Yeah. Probably. Dang. I'm thankfully I'm buying the Kindle version. Indeed. Of that indeed. and the Leia book. So yeah, um also there will be special posters with different editions. Um I believe let's let's find them out. Um uh, Okay, come on. Well, they all feature for Captain Phasma and then they've all got there's three new characters from the different retailers, Barnes & Noble, Target, and Walmart. And I can't find which one is on which uh, thing, but um, yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. I found it. So the Target edition will have the Resistance Spy. Uh, the Barnes & Noble version will have Cardinal, the Stormtrooper. And then the Walmart edition will have some dude with a prosthetic leg and a staff and a weird hairdo and big muscles. But notably not Saw Gerrera. No, he's white. Uh-huh. How would Saw Gerrera be in this book? <laughs> Time is wibbly wobbly, something like that. So yeah, that book comes out soon. Indeed, and I'm excited for it. I can't wait to see what Delilah does with it. Yes. Uh, Star Wars Secrets of the Empire is a hyper-reality experience coming this holiday season to a Disney park near you. Yay! Hey! We're near a Disney park. So, what is this? This is, um... It's an experience... It's an augmented reality experience that puts you in a... In... A sort of firefight and escape um, from the Empire. It's going to be, uh, it's, the company that's putting this together did a similar thing with Ghostbusters, where it's this weird combination of, like, a laser tag environment and augmented reality, and I always wanted to do the Ghostbusters one, but uh, it was never put together anywhere near me. This, however, will be at uh, Downtown Disney at uh, Disneyland in California and Disney Springs here at the uh, Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. And uh, we're going to go try it and report on it. Yes, we are. It's going to it's probably going to cost a bunch of money, but I'm going to do it happily. (laughs) Yes. And uh, when was that opening up here? Uh, Fall? Fall out here? I have no idea. Uh, yeah, they don't have a, they don't have a release date, uh, uh, on this press release at StarWars.com. They're just saying, uh, holiday season at, uh, downtown Disney and, uh, Disney Springs. Yes. And Nancy is reaching for a source book. <laughs> uh. I added that to the show notes. You uh, can talk about yes, it. Yes, yes, I God, I figured you would want to you yes. would want to take this one. So I need to get this on get this pre-ordered. Uh, <laughs> Fantasy Flight is releasing a 30th anniversary uh, edition of the original West End Games Star Wars role-playing game source book. Yes, and it looks fantastic, and I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Um, we've got uh, we've got one of the reprints from West End Games. Um, 
Nazi. We, well, this is the, the, this is the second edition that, that we have. Uh, we've got the second edition yes, there. I not mean, the first edition, yeah. which was 1980. This was 1994. The first edition was 1987. Uh, yes, and I really need to go through these books again sometime because they are just fascinating. Like you, yeah, you haven't even gone through these. Like I, I just opened up the second edition book and just opened up to this blueprint of uh, the Millennium Falcon. and <laughs> Yeah, you've got a bunch of these source books. And then you've also got the old uh, adventure journals, mm -hmm. some of them, which um, have some short stories in them that haven't, I don't think some of them haven't been published elsewhere. I know there's some Zahn stuff in the adventure journals. Yeah, uh, our, our friend Paula was gracious and uh, sent over two giant boxes full of uh, West End games and Wizards of the Coast, uh, Star Wars uh, source books and resource books. Um, and I've, I've, I haven't even had time to just pour through these yet, uh, but that 30th, 30th anniversary edition... Uh, West End Games sourcebook is going to be uh, yeah going to be a neat collector's I have item. Thrawn trilogy sourcebook. Are there adventure journals here? I um, thought there was, but I think on the end are the adventure journals. Mm, I don't know. Those are galaxy guides. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, we have to we have to look through all these again. <laughs> and we have a couple duplicate copies of things here, don't we? I believe so. We might have to give. Yeah, we got some duplicates here that uh, we may have to give away in some fashion. Uh, yeah, so uh, fantasyflight.com, uh, head on over there uh, uh, and keep an eye out for when the pre-orders are ready. Ah, uh, yes, you've got Kraken's Rebel Operatives. <laughs> and field, the field guide. And the field guide. <laughs> Good stuff. Hey, so yes. it's time for some Biggs bullshit. <laughs> Why don't we just start with this little nugget off the bat? Which Rumor. one? The good one or the bad one first? <laughs> let's do, well, let's do the good one. Uh-huh. So on, was it Thursday? Uh, yes, the internet melted down on Thursday. Thursday, uh, The Hollywood Reporter came out with a story that um, Lucasfilm is working on an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Um, they mentioned a director who I do not have the name right now. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, Stephen Daldry, who directed such movies as Billy Elliot and The Hours. <laughs> okay. Uh, but is not official. Uh, it's just in early talks. Um, so the Hollywood Reporter uh, reported this and it was picked up by pretty much every major trade publication and nerd publication on the internet. But we would like to remind you... That it's not confirmed. Until it's on StarWars.com. Yes. <laughs> and, and it has not been on StarWars.com yet, so... Ergo. It's not confirmed. <laughs> um, also, the reports... The initial report didn't say anything about Ewan McGregor's involvement, which makes me... So, pretty much, we're not saying it's not happening, because if people like The Hollywood Reporter and Variety are reporting this, usually... There's a bit of smoke it's, somewhere. It's, it's true. However, they did, you know, specify that it's in the works... You know, the director isn't attached to it yet. They didn't mention anything about a screenwriter. So I would imagine, like, they're still work they're still working things out. And that's why Lucasfilm hasn't announced anything yet. Because they don't have any contracts in place. And my speculation, baseless speculation, is that they are not going to announce anything until they can say... Ewan McGregor is in this movie. <laughs> because as me and several other people on Twitter said, why the hell would you bother making an Obi-Wan movie if we don't have Ewan McGregor? Yeah, and that's the thing. If they don't get Ewan McGregor, don't movie make the movie. Happen. Like, there I, I don't think anyone would want to see an Obi-Wan movie without Ewan McGregor. Like, like for me, that's the draw for the movie is to see 
him in a Star Wars movie with a different director and a different script and more of a personal story where he can act and emote and be Obi-Wan in the desert depressed. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> and speaking of stuff, you want a Jabba standalone. No. No. Yeah, where the hell did this come? I think it was Screen Rant, like, yesterday, said they were considering a Jabba the Hutt standalone. And I, like, no. Like, there's ways that this could work. Like, a movie that's based on, like, the underground and, like, like the Hutt families as a group, like as a mafia sort of thing. So essentially we're looking to do the Godfather in Star Wars. Like that sort of thing would work. And like I could, like even if like a bounty hunter movie, like I think that could be interesting. But like when they say, okay, we're going to do a Boba Fett movie or a Jabba the Hutt movie, that's when it gets boring. Like I don't mind those ideas, but I don't, see the point in focusing on just the one character. Although, I do have a question. What's Hatties for, I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse? Uh, <laughs> some, I guess. <laughs> eating a frog and belching? Uh, there we go. That was a really terrible I know. That's impression. Not, <laughs> I, I can't do it. I can't do a good Marlon mop. Bra- Marlon I can't do Brando. a good Marlon Brando. No, I can't. You do so many other good voices. <laughs> Stick to those. Yeah I, will, yeah, I will not try a Marlon so Brando what's, again. what's your opinion on the Obi-Wan movie? You, I think you are less favorable than I am. <laughs> I... I am more favorable because Hugh McGregor is nice to look at. I mean, I, I definitely don't disagree with that assessment. Um, I, I'm sure an Obi-Wan movie would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a lot of stuff you could do with it. If you get Ewan McGregor back on screen with different writer, different director, like you said, it's something to be very excited about. I my response to this rumor was a lot more tepid because I was really, really, really hoping uh, the third stand this third stand standalone mm-hmm. would do something really different, both in front of and behind the camera. Yeah, I'd like a not white dude to write or direct it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you say, well, it shouldn't matter, it should just be matter, like, how good they are, it's like, okay, well, then how come everyone who's directed a Star Wars movie so far has been a white male? <laughs> You're basically saying there there are no good female directors, and Ava DuVernay would like a word with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, Patty Jenkins is about to s- sign si- a contract to make her the richest female director ever. Yeah, so, but, um, I mean, I think it's a safe bet. I think more. Oh, pe- yeah. I think more people are interested in this than a Han Solo movie. I I I, def- I definitely would rank this well above a Han Solo movie yeah. and infinitely above a Boba Fett movie. Yeah. Um. And it's. I mean, really, they have a short window to make this sort of movie. Uh, because you McGregor. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they can set it like. Early after, you know, Revenge of the Sith because he doesn't age. Um, or you could set it like several years later when he's older, or you can just age him more to look more like Alec Guinness when it's later on the timeline. Um, but uh, I, it's interesting because they had the Obi-Wan and Darth Maul confrontation finale on Rebels. And once they did that, I kind of assumed that they they were not considering an Obi-Wan movie. Because why else would they do that in Rebels? Maybe because a film-going audience would think a return of Maul <laughs> just doesn't quite work. That's a good point. <laughs> um, I feel like that's something you can get away with more in an animated show than you can a feature-length film. Right. Um, but, you know, obviously we'll talk about this more if and when Lucasfilm actually confirms it. But all I'm saying is you need to get Ewan McGregor back. You need to get Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Peace back because you cannot have an Obi-Wan movie on Tatooine without 
um, Owen and Baru. Agreed. I want a screaming match. I want little baby Luke in the background crying because everyone's upset. I want it to happen. <laughs> I want it. Also, like some people were saying this would be like an Obi-Wan like origin story. I'm like, that's a freaking Phantom Menace. Like, what why do you want to watch anything about him beforehand? Are he, you all that desperate to see a title card that says Stooge like, on it? Ugh. He trained with Qui-Gon. That's his origin story. It's boring. There was no war going on. There was peace. Blah blah. Like, why, why would you want and then and you don't have Ewan McGregor. It's pointless. Anyway, I'm done. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And moving on, John Powell will score the Han Solo movie. Yay, I guess. I guess. I haven't heard any of his movies, but... Uh, What has he done? How to Train Your Dragon. Which I heard was actually a good soundtrack. Yes. Um, So, yeah. That's good. I, 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 I... As much as I love John Williams, like my favorite musician ever... Uh, I am enjoying other people's take on John Williams. I really like Kevin Kiner's scores for Rebels. Um, he's really gotten good at like writing his own original music and then incorporating the Star Wars themes. And I think Michael Giacchino did such a good job with the Rogue One soundtrack. Agreed. Uh, so I'm excited to see what people come up with that are not like John Williams. Um, no, I, I very much agree. Uh, it'll be really interesting to I see uh, his take. Finally get to add a Han Solo theme. Wow, ah, hey, we might. Because the only one we have right now is Han Solo and the Princess. That's it. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, episode nine gets a new writer. Speaking of white dudes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack Thorne, British scribe, who wrote the upcoming Julia Roberts Jacob Tremblay movie Wonder, has been tapped to work on the Star Wars installment directed to be, or uh, slated to be directed by Colin Trevorrow. He also wrote something else. Uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to give him a pass on that one. <laughs> JK Rowling's yeah. crazy ass weird ideas. <laughs> so, I mean, there's only so much you can do if JK Rowling decides to write fanfic of her own work. <laughs> yeah. Uh but um I mean I good, I guess. It's really hard to say because we haven't seen The Last Jedi, so... Well, let me just put it this way. I'm glad Colin Trevorrow isn't getting the last pass at this script. Yeah, I really wish Ryan Johnson would just do it. <laughs> can, can we hope that Ryan Johnson gets a pass before it's all over? Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. But yes, new writer, and it really looks like this is part of the process over there. Uh-huh. Um, someone gets a fir- someone works on the first draft, and then someone else comes in to do another pass at it. Yeah, that's just how Lucasfilm does these scripts, and it's nothing to panic over. Yeah, and strap in. <laughs> yep. Last week, uh, Anthony Bresnikin, uh, the Santa Claus of Star Wars. <laughs> You should tweet that at him. <laughs> uh, decided to uh, drop a bunch of articles in our laps. Uh-huh. Where do we even start here? Uh, well, uh, first there was some images from the movie. We can talk about those first. Um, so we've got a new picture of Ray on Akcho. We've got Ray and Luke on Akcho where... He's like coming out of a hut and she's standing outside. And he's got a very get off my lawn look. And she's like with her staff like, hey, I came all this way. Freaking teach me the ways of the force. And then as someone said on Tumblr, Wedge and Chili's comes out from behind Luke in sweatpants and offers tea. <laughs> uh, I love you, whoever you are that wrote that post. I love you. <laughs> um... I don't want to see about this. Uh, we've got a new picture of Rose and Finn. Uh, Finn is still wearing the jacket. 
and Rose has her own cool jacket. Um, her hair is really flippy. It's an interesting hairstyle. <laughs> and I say this as someone whose hair flips like crazy. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, I want to brush it the other way because I know I hate when my hair does that. Uh, but I guess she doesn't care. These are the things I think about. Um, Chewbacca and a pork in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon? As you do. Why is the pork in the Millennium Falcon? Is this actually from the movie or is this just a behind the scenes shot? And why does Chewbacca look at him like, why are you on my spaceship? <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Uh, space nuns? Which I'm really confused about they're like the caretakers of octo and they're like pretty much space nuns i have a feeling we're probably not going to see them in the movie at all like they'll be in the background uh let's see the red praetorian guard which looks stupid <laughs> like snoke <laughs> And here's Snoke's guards, and they look really stupid, so... And then now we've got uh, emo Kylo Ren with a scar. He's very emo. His, so emo. His hair does not look as good. No. Uh. Meanwhile, people <laughs> who have good-looking hair. <laughs> oh, damn, Ren? Mm-hmm. He looks very concerned in this photo. <laughs> they let him have scruff in this, fil this uh film. I'm happy. Uh-huh. So my boss gave me the actual Entertainment Weekly, but it's the one with Ray on the cover because he gets the mailed. So I have to go buy the Luke cover. But um, this this one is like in a little standoff thing, and it's such a tiny picture. I'm like, why the hell wouldn't you make that the spread? Uh, Finn in a cockpit. Learning how to fly. Well, this looks like it's on crate. It does, yeah, and those bomber things. Yeah, because there's red in the background. So does he fly on crate? And does he learn to fly? Uh, a picture of Kylo Ren's new ship. Which looks like a super streamlined TIE Interceptor. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I like it. Yeah. He doesn't deserve that ship. No, he does not. He does not deserve that cool of a ship. Um, now the next shot. I love uh, the this. casino at Canto Bite. That's got uh, that's got prequel vibes just all over it. Yeah, it's. I love this. I love this building. It's really, really cool. I'm excited to see like what the rest of the planet looks like. Um, and next, come on, come on, computer. Why are you not? It's not showing me. That, it's not letting. Yeah, me it's go. a. Uh, this is a uh, behind-the-scenes shot uh, with uh, producer Ram Bergman, Ryan Johnson, and uh, Kathy Kennedy uh, on set. Ah. Okay. And then uh, the next shot is Ryan Johnson directing Carrie Fisher. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, the two covers, uh, the one with Luke and the one with Ray. <sighs> you okay? I would just like to... To recreate the noise that I made when I saw Luke cover, chin hands. No, it wasn't a. It wasn't a chin hands. It was a noise. Can is that noise? Yes. Uh, yes, it's okay. It, I went. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, <clears throat> like a sharp intake of breath. <laughs> Yeah, it's my phone lock screen right now. <laughs> I know you're all surprised. Uh, yeah, totally, totally stunned, Nancy. Totally stunned. <laughs> Look at him. Come on. He's like staring at you. I'll put it down. <laughs> <laughs> we have to finish a podcast, dear. Yep. Um, uh, and there were there were eight articles. Yeah. That uh, EW dropped on us. Yeah. So we'll go through them a little bit, and then the last one is the th one we really want to talk about today. We we pretty got like we got a lot of discussion topics from this from this article blasts, but uh, we're gonna save some of them for later. So the first one is about Ray and Luke and how she comes to Octo, you know, and kind of learns that. It's it's not always great to meet your heroes 
and that Luke kind of doesn't give her a warm welcome, which I have a lot of feelings about. And I have a lot of feelings about Ray's backstory and what it should be. So we're going to save that for another discussion. <laughs> but um, the the one that the line that was really the one that hit me was um, the end of it. Him saying, uh, but deep down, the farm boy turned warrior turned exile would also like to meet the hero known as Luke Skywalker again. That's not cool. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, that Nancy. That is terrorism. Feels terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it also makes me hopeful because even if he's sad and cynical and depressed, like he's still got that optimism inside of him. Who makes and hopefully he will get his groove back. <laughs> Luke gets his groove back. Yep. I'll Excellent. Help. I'll help. I'm sure. Uh, the second article was about Finn and Rose, uh, how the big deal is redeemed by a nobody. So Finn is now a big deal. He doesn't want to be a big deal. Which is funny. <laughs> he still very much wants to disappear. And uh, Rose is now is the nobody in this movie, and they kind of get, it seems like they get pushed together into this adventure. Um, and she doesn't really want to be there, it seems like. So they're both reluctant heroes, it seems like. Um, and I'm interested to see the relationship that develops between them. I have a feeling they're going to end up putting... Rose and Finn together romantically, but I kind of hope they don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. <laughs> um, not because you know I don't think it would work, but just because I like Poe and Finn so well together. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the next one is Meet the Porgs and the Caretakers from Luke Skywalker's Island. So uh, the Porgs are the creatures that everyone loves, and the caretakers are the space nuns. What are your opinions about Porgs, Bran? I need like 30 of those plushes. <laughs> I'll just take one. I'm not as Porg crazy as everybody else. They're adorable, Nancy. They are adorable, but BB-8 was cuter. I mean, yeah. I mean, no one's disputing that. <laughs> Also, I want to see what they actually do. They, they, I, I, I get such a calm K, calm jaw vibe from them. <laughs> like, no one knows what I'm talking about. I mean, I guess old EU fans know what I'm talking about, but really. Yeah. Go read Vision of the Future. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Supreme Leader Snoke emerges with his elite Praetorian Guard. They're weird looking. Mm -hmm. Snoke is weird looking. Mm-hmm. I've seen the leaked photos of him, and it's just, I want to know what he is and where he comes from and how he got that huge-ass scar. Like, I still want my theory that Luke messed him up. That's what I want. I like that theory. <sighs> do, do we have to? No. In our final role, Carrie Fisher restores hope for Leia Organa. We read it and then we all cried because then at the end, Oscar Isaac had a little uh, note and it broke our how hearts. How they used to like dance around and she would sing. Ugh. This movie's going to be terrible <laughs> to watch. This and I was listening hurt. to Luke and Leia the other day and I'm like, if, if, they, if don't, they don't use that cue. If they don't use a cue and they don't have a reunion, I'm going to be so angry. Like, like I can forgive a lot of things that Star Wars does. That is an unforgivable sin. Yeah, because, like, then they can't have it. And I mean, yeah, they didn't know that when they were making the movie, obviously. But why would you not have a reunion in this movie when they're all so sad and they need something to be happy about? <laughs> just needs an I'm with you too ah no <laughs> but yeah like you know they need to and there was um in the Vanity Fair article Oscar Isaac was talking about like you know 
the whole meeting your heroes theme and how you know they were he was watching mark hamill play luke skywalker and it was like everything he had imagined when he was younger and i'm like sitting there and i'm like okay so does this mean that they're in the same scene together or does it mean that oscar was just on set while they were filming the scene but it was like toward he said it was towards the end of the movie so i'm like okay does luke come back and like go with them for this action sequence which i'm assuming is that big space battle um i need to know <laughs> is it december yet no oh uh we got new details on benicio del toro's devious character uh known as dj it's not ezra it's not ezra apparently he's like kind of an underworld shady character um shady shady what it sounded like something else <laughs> what did i say what do you what did it sound like S-H-I. Oh, really? Yeah, a little oh, bit. No, not that. It's shady, not shitty. <laughs> uh, so, um, but yeah, it says like he's a slicer, which I'm really glad they used that word. Um, May our stupid name for hacker remain forever. Well, yeah, like I was like, have, we were debating whether they used it before, and someone was like, surely in the Servants of the Empire books, and I was like, oh, duh, of course, because Mary's a slicer. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. <laughs> but um, it so I I got the feeling he was like a cross between Card and Ghent. I from love the Theron I love that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm excited to meet more, knew more about him. Um, and apparently he'll be involved in the Canto Bite scene. So that's interesting. Um, what's next? Uh, Ray takes her first steps to uncovering her family history. Which again, we will save for a future discussion, possibly mm -hmm. next week's discussion. <laughs> Stay tuned, kids. Um, yes. So basically the whole theme of this was that she will find out her family history and realize it doesn't matter, which I think works no matter what her family backstory is, because like that's the thing that people who don't want her to be a Skywalker focus on that she, you know, she wants to be her. She needs to be her own person. I'm like, she can still be her own person, even if she's a Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Like to go back to the Varkosa books, <laughs> like. Lois McMaster Bujold said she wrote the series because, like, her father was a famous um, scientist, I believe. And so she wrote it as kind of like the, um, like, she wanted to write about a child with the, you know, great, great father syndrome. So, like, Miles is constantly trying to live up to his father's legacy, but he's his own person, you know? Like, it, it never is like, oh, well, you're Errol Verkosigan's son. And, like, they're rarely in any of the books together. Like, they're not, his parents are not in the books. So, you can do a story about the child of a famous person and still have it be just about that person. Yeah. Indeed. Anyway. We'll rant about that more next week. Yep. And finally... Kylo Ren's humiliation and other tales from the Star Wars dark side. Mm-hmm. So we're going to learn more about Phasma in this movie, or she's going to be in the movie more, I imagine, and as a Snoke, but I don't know if we're going to learn more about him. But uh, Kylo Ren's been in, uh, been in a bad place. <laughs> and uh, there's been a lot of discussions about what the fate of Kylo Ren should be. And I think we've touched on it before, but we never really dove into it. So we'll take the next twelve minutes and do just that. Yes. Are you going to say segue into Cammy's concerns? Kylo yes. Ren's redemption arc. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yes. So, um, Kylo Ren. He's a character. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. It's no, it's no secret that you and I both do not like Kylo Ren. <laughs> I mean, we like the character. Yes, 
That's the thing. We like the character. We think Kylo is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, I I thought I thought he was a great villain, and like, I think like him not being as good as Vader and trying to live up to that is really the only way they could have gone villain wise mm-hmm. in this in this sequel trilogy. Um, because you can't have a more evil villain than Palpatine. You can't have someone more relatable than Vader. Um, you know. And if there's any villain that fits our times, it's a mediocre white man. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of debates over what should be his fate um you know should he die should he be redeemed should he not be redeemed um and there's a lot of good points on all sides um i I can tell you what uh my preferred arc is Mm -hmm. uh the attempt is made to redeem him and he refuses it i mean pretty much like what happened on the bridge Mm -hmm. um which there there was a moment on that bridge when I thought he was going to accept Han's offer. And I'm like, well, holy crap, what the hell happens with the rest of the series? And then I'm like, but wait, we've seen fighting. So I know that doesn't happen. But there was a moment when I thought I thought he would and he didn't. Um so I I agree, like I I want no matter what happens, I want them to continue to try to redeem him. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't want Star Wars to ever get to the point again where <clears throat> redemption isn't a possibility. Yeah, that was a theme in the old in the in Legends towards the end of Legends that I did not like at all. Um, the there was a character in the Fate of the Jedi series who was a Sith girl, and Luke pretty much was like, "There's no chance of her being good because she was raised to be a Sith." And I'm just like staring at him, open mouth, like, "Who the hell are you? And what did you do with Luke Skywalker?" Like they had this girl on their ship, and and she had the hots for his son, so. Like I'm I'm sitting here, I'm like, you're Luke Skywalker. You should be taking Vistara by the hand, sitting her down and being like, Would you like some hot chocolate? Can I tell you about the light side of the force? Like he would be like a missionary coming to your house and be like, Have you considered the light side? <laughs> <laughs> like that's what he would do. He would try to turn anyone from the dark side. Um and it was the same thing with Jason, um in Legacy of the Force. Han and, Han and Leia's son. Um, you know, it just got to the point where they were just going to flat out kill him. And I'm like, but, but, but. <laughs> so yeah, at no point do I want there to be said that he is beyond redemption. Yeah. I don't want that to happen. Yeah. Like, I, you know, maybe from us, the audience standpoint that's fine but not from the characters point well certain characters i could see but i I don't want leia to ever think that definitely i don't want luke to ever think that i mean i i think luke probably does but i think he will come around hopefully yeah yeah or maybe that's why he's he's gone because he is trying to find a way to help him um so that's the first thing is like I don't want them to ever give up on him. And that's one of the things why like when when some people say they don't want a redemption story at all, period, it would be terrible. I'm like, but that's what Star Wars is. Well, no, there needs to there needs to be an attempt yeah. to redeem him. Yeah. Where it would get terrible though is if Redeemed, and it's like nothing happened. Yes. <coughs> Keep turn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, 
Like, there's no consequences for being a shitty, mediocre white man who did shitty things. I mean, who killed his father? I mean, like, I... The the times I liked Kip Durin the most in the in Legends was when he was dealing with consequences for what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, he he blew up a solar system. Yeah. Uh, he he was not tried for war crimes or anything, even though he should have been. Um, I mean, but he had to live with that his whole life, and there were times when he like was repentant. There was a short story with him in it where he was like kind of going under a different he was going under an alias and he um you know was you know he's like having to having to make up for destroying carita and i'm like that's that was a great story and like there were some moments in the new jedi order when he was you know trying to make up for what had happened and you could tell that's why he was so gung-ho on killing the Yuuzhan Vong. But other times, it was just like, oh, yep, he did this. He was possessed by the dark side. Isn't that terrible? And that's what I don't want. Yeah, I absolutely do not want, want to see that happen. Even if it is a situation where he's possessed by the dark side and, like, not in control of his actions, like, still be repentant afterwards because he killed his father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... I think the thing that has me more most weary or wary about a redemption arc is the possibility that he would wrest the story away from Ray and Finn and Poe. Yeah. And he'd just take the story away from the woman who is leading yeah. this trilogy of stories. Yeah. I don't want him to be the hero that saves the day. Right. I, yeah, it's, because in the original trilogy, it was still about Luke. And Luke was the one who was trying to redeem Darth Vader um, for obvious reasons, because he was his father. But Rey has no reason to want to redeem Kylo Ren. Rey hates him, because he killed Han Solo, and, you know injured finn um she has every reason to hate him luke is the one and leia are the ones who would have to be redeeming kylo and ray would just be doing what <laughs> you know exactly and a redemption arc that sidelines especially ray yeah is a redemption arc i don't want to see or a redemption arc in which ray tries to reach out to him and get redeems him through her love. I don't want to say. Yeah. <laughs> because like, you know, I know there are Kylo and Ray shippers and, you know, regardless of their relationship, I can understand the appeal of, you know, the enemies to lovers trope. Mm-hmm. It's very appealing. But we can't do it after the Well, what right we now saw there's nothing TFA. right now there's nothing to go. Yeah for that like she has every reason to hate him yeah now but but essentially i think the big pro the big thing is a redemption arc is fine Mm -hmm. but please remember consequences consequences and whether intended or not kylo ren is very much a stand-in for toxic white masculinity yeah well so Vader is redeemed and immediately dies, mm-hmm. which, you know, there's no complications. He, you know, he he saved the day and then he died and he doesn't have to deal with what he, he doesn't have to live with what he did. Um, and we don't have, we don't see what he did. Now, if you go on the internet, you can find many fanfics in which he survived Return of the Jedi, and Luke had to decide what to do with him, <laughs> as well as the New Republic, because mm-hmm. hello, war criminal. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I, if if Kylo does decide, you know, to turn away from the dark side, like. I think it would be way more interesting if he survives and then has to deal with it. 
survives and is tried as a war criminal. Everybody hates him. Or not even tried as a war criminal, but just has, like, so I've I've tweeted this a few times. There is an old Star Wars, the old Star Wars Tales of the Jedi comics. Those were some of the first Star Wars comics I read. Some of the only Star Wars comics I've read because back then there was no Star Wars. That's all there was uh, besides some books. But um, I read those. Um, I I liked some of them. But the story I really liked was um, with Nomi Sunrider and Ulit Keldroma. And um, it was a very different time back then with the Jedi. Nomi Sunrider's husband was a Jedi and died. And then she became a Jedi in his place. Uh, which I guess it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you can just randomly learn to use a force, I guess. Um, and Ulic Keldrama was another Jedi and his brother, Kay. And Ulic and Nomi kind of had a relationship um, after Nomi's husband died. and But Ulic started getting uh, tainted by... Exarchon, who was a Sith Lord, um, and was kind of basically possessed by him. He ended up killing his brother, and Nomi uh, stripped Ulic of the Force, and like he turned away and helped them defeat Exarchon and the Sith, and then he went into exile for like the rest of his days. And many years later, Nomi's daughter came to find him, and he taught her to use the Force, and then he he died um, after that. But that is what I would love to see for Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Like, just do that that story where he is... And it doesn't necessarily have to be stripped of the Force, because... I don't know if that's something that would work with George's whole force vision that they want to stick to, but just the idea of him turning against the First Order, helping them destroy Snoke, and then going off into exile to deal, like, basically doing what Luke did, you know, and trying to live with what he's done. Mm Mm-hmm. And then episodes uh, 10, 11, and 12 can be he, him being the mentor figure, <laughs> the conflicted mentor figure. Yes. I mean. And Ray's daughter coming to search him out. <laughs> excellent. Brilliant. Let's do that. Um, so I, not to put too fine a point on it, a redemption arc for Kylo is fine. As long as Kylo doesn't become the hero, yes, that, and I, I think even I think people who do are very much pro a Kylo Ren redemption arc also like agree with that. Um, I and I know that some people have said they don't want him to be redeemed because they don't want a repeat of Return of the Jedi. For me, I don't want a repeat of Legacy of the Force. Yes. <laughs> Which is when uh-huh. they had a character that they didn't realize until too late that he was dark. And then they just went and were trying to kill him. And, you know, he died without any sort of redemption. Um, like, I don't, like, I don't want that. Like, I I wanted Jason Solo to survive Invincible, and I wish Fate of the Jedi had been about him, <laughs> like, going around the galaxy trying to figure out where things went wrong, <laughs> you know? But, uh... So, basically, like, I, I don't want a repeat of Return of the Jedi. I don't want a repeat of the EU. I want... Well, unless they do, ooh, like, kill drama. Yes. <laughs> they can repeat that. <laughs> yes. But I think... I mean... I don't want to ever take the position of Star Wars can't redeem characters because I feel like... Yeah, I mean, Star Wars can absolutely always, should always strive to redeem characters like this. Um, 
This is one. This is just one though where you have to be careful because yeah. it could get tricky. It could get tricky, and you could wind up doing some kind of problematic stuff if yeah. you're not careful. And um, apparently, there was an interview with Adam Driver recently where he said that basically there there was something surprising in episode eight for Kylo Ren fans. Um, and I said, my, my big desire for episode eight would be to end with him doing a face turn and episode nine is him trying to help them destroy the first order while he's under some sort of arrest or house arrest, you know, or under observation. Um, like, and that would be very interesting because I mean, Unfortunately, one of the things we're going to have to to think about is, you know, we haven't speculated much about episode nine and like Leia's lack of a role because we haven't seen episode eight yet. So it's hard for us to speculate. But like, you know, there's going to be a big hole in that movie. And I'm not saying that Kylo Ren can fill that hole, but, you know, he is her family and... It would just be an interesting idea. Yeah, I agree. So. Those are our thoughts on Kylo Ren's redemption. <laughs> but he does not freaking deserve the TIE Silencer, which is a freaking awesome ship. Like, what the hell does he know about piloting? <laughs> <laughs> You're not cool enough to fly that. You're not. You punk. <sighs> All right, well, we're gonna, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. This episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. Head to Tashi-Station.net, find the link, and see how you can help support this show and the other shows on our network. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Elaine Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. On Facebook, we're the Tashi Station Network. We're available on the iTunes Store, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, do leave a review it helps us grow the show you can find our columns and news at tashi-station.net thanks for listening to another episode we'll be back friday with more discussion what about who knows (laughs) so long bye podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Giraffe Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Oh, oh, oh.